Welcome to Call Us Mommy Podcast, where we get real about mom life, relationships, and careers. I'm Tiana, a single mom of three. And I'm Marielle, a married mom of four. We're both on a mission to empower you not to settle in any area of life. So this past week, I took Mila to the doctor, and something Ariel and I are always talking about is like how we're raising our kids to be pretty independent. And like, that's a really big goal of ours is yeah, to make sure our kids are independent. This is the first time I've ever saw and like actually witnessed like the doctors, like, talk, like they were asking Mila questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Mila's four mm-hmm. and we were in there because she had an ear infection, but they're asking her like, is there anything else I can do for you? Like, how are you feeling? Does that hurt? And they were asking her, they weren't asking me. And I remember growing up, like the doctor would be like, mom, how's yeah. she been mom? How's mm-hmm. she feeling? Like. They would ask my mom those questions, but then something while we were waiting is I turned around and there's a a poster on the wall that shows like um, at age 11, um, you should be teaching your kids the uh, medical rights. At age 12, they should be you know doing this. At age 13, they should be calling and making their own doctor's appointments. And I was like, that is so awesome to see because I feel like when we were growing up, that wasn't really yeah. encouraged. Yeah. And it's so cool to see like just like the growth that we're having of like, Everyone is like, Mm -hmm. these kids can be independent. They can do these things for themselves. Yeah, I love that. I I don't remember it being like that at all growing up. So it must, I wonder if it's like a new effort, at least where we are, Mm -hmm. to encourage that. Because even, and it could be like a doctor thing, because I know the doctor you're talking about. And that was Mm -hmm. with all my kids, even whenever I had at least one that was around four years old, was asking, like, Mom, how is Mm -hmm. this going? Or like, what are they saying about this instead Mm -hmm. of addressing the kid? So that's interesting to think about. But you do that really well, like, even with other things, like, not just doctors, but, like, at restaurants and stuff. Like, you always have your kids order for themselves. Yeah, I try to. Now, sometimes if I'm really got hurry and I'm just, like, or I feel really bad because the waiter has been, like, or we just been, like, you know, like, come on, just, like, tap in their leg. So I will order for them sometimes. But I always laugh because my sister, my baby sister, is 22 years old now. My mom still calls and makes her doctor's appointments. My We still order for her half the time. Like one of my sisters or my mom will order for her at the dinner table. And it's because like she's like – she feels awkward doing it. She's shy. And I'm like – my mom started me calling doctor like when I was really little. Like I made appointments. I've called the electric company and everything when I was little. Like I did those things. And so I, I know that that pushed me to like – Oh, well, this is just part of life. You just do this. That's also really interesting because that's almost like two extremes. In the it was. Because <laughs> I feel like mine, I feel like my parents did a pretty good job. And, you know, I feel like it usually is moms. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're the ones, you know, doing all those things. Yeah. Usually. Um, at least in our cases. And my mom, I remember being in college and, like, FAFSA when we filled all that out, which is, like, your financial information. I was 17 at the time. I was even 18. I've never had a credit card, like Mm -hmm. obviously never applied for a loan and student loans are like, at least I remember them being really complicated to fill out. So here we are like applying for like almost a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. So it made sense for her to be the one Mm -hmm. like going through that process. But then I also remember my first job where I was like an employee and getting benefits and getting the benefit information and being like, I don't even know I can <laughs> what is this. this? And so I called my mom and she like walked me through it, but she did a very good job being like, I can't make this decision for you, mm-hmm. you know, and like help explain things, like basically being a mom and like being a resource, but she wasn't like, just send it to me and I'll like make the decision for you, you know? Yeah. 
And then if there's like a healthy level of like, you know, if they're your they, parents, they they're going to guide you. Yeah. yeah. Like our kids still need us, but right. teaching them, I think it's just like, like for my sister, it, it makes her feel uncomfortable and she's not confident in yeah. like speaking up and speaking her mind. She hasn't had the practice. She hasn't had to practice it. And to me, like I take that back, like if a, if a man makes you feel uncomfortable, like I want my kids to be able to speak up and be oh, like, absolutely. I do not like this. That's do not do that. That I struggle with, like in my head, obviously, like if if I witness that, it's easier for right. me to stand up for somebody else. But like in the moment, whenever a man's making me uncomfortable, that's it's a harder thing to actually do. Yeah, and I think these are just like simple little like practices, like as they are. You know, growing up and getting older, like Mila telling the doctor how she felt, mm-hmm. that she actually asked them for um, Tylenol, yeah. um, and they brought her some Tylenol and a Popsicle. So it's like those little things mm-hmm. that are going to sprinkle in as they're getting older that makes them more confident and able to speak their mind about their what they're feeling mm-hmm. and about what they want. Yeah. Okay, so let's break this down really, really simply because I think for us, we're thinking really like high level of how we can make our kids independent in really specific situations because... I think we've been put into, like, our lives have been built where we have naturally just made Mm -hmm. independent kids because of our, you know, work styles and things like that. Not everybody's like that. And I think we have interacted with a lot of women who have struggled with raising independent kids because their kids are so reliant on them for, Mm -hmm. like, entertainment, interaction, and all those things. Or they feel guilt for it. One of the things that whenever we had Vaden and I started working – that I honestly, I felt bad about, but it was more like I missed that time with him. I didn't really feel guilty because he was still a very happy child. Was when I first started working after being like a stay-at-home mom, so I literally gave him my attention, you know, any time during the day, was leaving him to play like on the floor by himself or in his room, whatever, while I had to take a meeting or do whatever. And he did fine. I mean, it was just like, it took maybe a week or two of him like really adjusting. He was also really young. So it takes longer the older they are, obviously. Yeah. But that was like the first step towards like having an independent environment or creating an independent environment for my kids. And then I remember like being busy with work and looking over 30 minutes later and Baden would be in the kitchen, like making himself a PB and J at like four years old. Mm-hmm. And so he just learned how to, you know, do stuff. And I let him like, yeah. there were messes to clean up because, you know, I was letting him make his own snacks and own lunch and stuff like that. Obviously there's mm-hmm. going to be messes, but that's how they learn because mm-hmm. you don't want them to get to the point where like they go off to college and they're like, how do I cook eggs? Yeah, like how do I make? Yeah, and they make eggs all the time for, and he has for years. It's not been like something he's just now doing. He's probably been doing it since he was seven. Now, when he first started, obviously I stood there and watched because, like, I don't want him like leaning onto the oven. We've had mishaps right. where he'll accidentally grab things, and like that's how you learn. Yeah, but I would rather that than him to go to college and be like, "How do I fry an egg?" Kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So those are like really little ways. I think just like letting your kid learn how to play independently is really important. Not because you need to get alone time. You need that. But I think the most important part of that is your kids learning how to play independently encourages their imagination Mm -hmm. and their ability to play by themselves and like get to know themselves. Yeah. Well, and not to depend on others. So they're not looking for like that, you know, like, friendship, that relationship, Mm -hmm. like when they're out, you know, out of the house or they don't have the parents or they don't have their siblings. Like they're looking for that next relationship. Uh But it teaches them that like, 
I'm content within myself. Right. I don't need someone else yes. to fulfill that for me. Like I can take care of this. I yeah. can do this. I think that that was probably obviously one of the big first steps for me too is starting my virtual assistant career. So when my kids were two and a newborn at that time, it was just like a natural way for me just to, okay, well, Quincy can go play by himself. Like obviously a newborn, like she was like right, normally, yeah, yeah, I was normally nursing her while yeah. I was working, but like that was such a good first step for like Quincy to like start playing by himself, start. Mm-hmm. I would like, and you do this too, but I would create snack baggies, like already pre-fill like the amount of snack that he needs to have, give him different options. Like we always had like, um, like yogurt, applesauce, like some dry foods, um, fruit. And then I would also do like, um, either like pre-cut peanut butter and jellies or sandwiches. And I would have those ready and he can go, he could pick like a dry food, a, like a applesauce or yogurt and then a sandwich. Yeah. And it's like, it's there for them. They get to make that choice themselves. But it's not like you're stopping what you're doing and you're going in there. You're yeah. making this, this or lunch. Or having and, to say, like, no, put that back. You can't have more than one fruit snack a day or whatever it is. Like, don't make it accessible to them. Yeah. Because I think some people are like, well, I want to be able to have, like, chips in the house or mm-hmm. whatever in the house for whatever I want to snack. Well, like, have a completely different section that they can't yeah. reach that has that stuff. Don't make things accessible that you don't want them to have. Right. And, te- and teach them, like, like, my kids know, like, their totes are labeled like they know which is theirs and which is mom's like they do not touch my like granola bars that are for me that I buy for me right like they know better yeah I think and that takes practice too so Mm -hmm. don't like try this one week and then whenever they eat my kids aren't listening yeah yeah it's gonna take a while for them to like figure that out but you just gotta trust that they want to be independent they just don't know how to like you have Mm -hmm. to teach them how to I think those are just like really simple ways to do that if you're even working from home you know, that obviously like those are really important to try, but if you're not working from home and it's just not something that you necessarily need, like you should still work on that because it's something that will benefit them later on. Yeah. In the long run. Another thing that, um, comes to mind with like teaching your kids how to be independent is whenever I was in college, one of my really close friends was homeschooled. That was one thing that she feels like her freshman year of college benefited her because you had to teach yourself. Like you don't have a teacher up there teaching you. And by then your parents probably just kind of like guide and it's like you teach yourself with the resources that you have. And that's basically what college is. She benefited from homeschooling because she was already independent enough to teach herself, whereas everyone else was reliant on a teacher to like lay everything out for them and plan their days and their homework and things like that. So obviously not everyone needs to homeschool just because of that reason. (laughs) I am not going to do that or consider that. But I will say like I... I try to make sure that, like, my kids have their homework done and stuff, but, like, I really make – it's their – that's their thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, they have to manage that. So that's another thing. Like, don't baby your kids with their schooling as well. Like, obviously, they need extra help and things like that, but let them figure out how to manage their own responsibilities. Yeah. That's good. I like that one. That's a really good thought that homeschoolers are probably already used to – Taking the lead on that. Yeah. That's really good. Um, Something else I like to do is um, my kids have to pick out their own clothes, and I make them do it as soon as they walk in the door. That is one of the very first things I say is go pick out your clothes for tomorrow. And you may be like, okay, my kids would pick out some crazy clothes. What I do is I buy all of the clothes that I know that I don't care if they mix match it. Like, I know they're, they're cute. Like, I mean, sometimes we look at a school and I'm like, oh, this girl, yeah. I will, I let the teacher know like this girl, she picks her own clothes out. Yeah. Like she expresses herself, but it's like clothes that I already know that they like, I like, and I, you know, approve of 
and yeah. they can pick their own clothes out. That's a way of like getting some independence. Like they know like, okay, well, I'm going to go pick out my outfit. My yeah. kids have literally been picking out their own clothes since they were two years old. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to let your kids dress themselves. Mm -hmm. Even when you have, like I do try to buy like the same color palette for all my kids. And so generally they can mix and match, but not always. So sometimes <laughs> they'll like come up with combinations and I'm like, what do I say? Like, cause I want them, if they enjoy it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you look to me, I guess, and mm -hmm. probably most of everybody else, you look ridiculous. So. I always go, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's really, now, it's really hard. I will say if like we're, we're getting family pictures or oh, if there's like yeah. an event or if I'm paying for them to go somewhere yeah. like where I'm like, I would love like a cute picture of all of us. Then I do pick out their clothes. Yes, yeah, but too. like, and I school, always express this is something that I'm paying for, and I want mm -hmm. to like put a picture up and put it on the wall. So I want it to match our house. We went to a family member's wedding about a month ago, and I obviously like coordinated the outfits a little bit because I knew we'd be getting pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my kids don't really care about that because when when it's an event like that, it's not something they would wear every day anyway, yeah. so they're expecting it. But the girls are really into makeup lately, and not just makeup. You know, because they, if they're going to wear it, they're like, I want everyone to know I want I'm wearing pink. makeup. So they get, like, bright purple, like, dark bright purple makeup. I mean, eyes and lips. They asked if they could put makeup on for the wedding, and I was like, yes, you can, but I have to pick out the colors because, mm -hmm. you, like, you don't want to go and outshine the bride with, like, your, your purple, you know, lips and eyes. And they're like, okay, like, they understood, but along with allowing your kids to be independent, you have to allow them to try and understand your reasoning. And you don't have to and also give, them, give them some guidance. Like allow them the opportunity to understand that and understand your reasoning. Even if they don't, they're not okay with it, like they can be mad about it. But yeah. coming from like the allowing your kids to make decisions on what they dress, I think another thing is allowing them to be independent in like other decisions that they make. So mm -hmm. for birthday parties, asking them like, what do you want to do? Now there's some circumstances where, yeah. okay, well we're gonna be camping that weekend do you, does that make sense for you? Like, do you want to have a birthday party at, you know, yeah. at the campsite? And also you have one child that doesn't like um, happy birthday right. to be saying to her. Yeah. So like doing stuff that's different and like paying attention to what they want. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do birthday parties. We, we just do like, we'll, we'll do cake and mm -hmm. like some kind of food with just our family. And then as in, I, when I say family, not like grandma, grandpa's even yeah. just literally like siblings and us and then obviously we lived here yeah at Quincy's birthday so all of us and then they get to pick what they want to do like it like mm -hmm. um an experience so like yeah. he chose a football game like something they can they want to go do and obviously they have to make it reasonable because literally yeah we're not gonna go to like, Disney World that's literally what they'll say but also like something bigger as in just like worldview and like what mm -hmm. your kids believe for me, it's really important to like not indoctrinate my kids. So mm -hmm. if they ask questions, I mean, I think most of us probably have the experience like around God and religion. So if my kids ask questions about God and it's not like a, you know, like a, I don't know, a yes or no question, like I will ask them a question back. So if they're asking more about like, I don't know, the idea of him or how he works in the world, things like that. Like, I'll try mm -hmm. to get them thinking about it versus me just telling them, this, this is what it is. is, believe it or don't, but, like, that's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of people end up struggling later on in life is they're like, I don't think I ever really had an original thought about this. Mm -hmm. It was just told to me, and I was told to accept it. Yeah. And I think that should go across the board, you know, if even just with, like, social issues because, mm -hmm. I mean, Vaden's nine, but he comes home talking about – 
things that are going on in the world. It's big because, conversations. You know, kids pick up on what their their parents are saying, especially around like election time. And it we could very easily, when he comes home and is talking about that, be like, no, we don't vote for that person because X, Y, and Z or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when he asks us who do we vote for, we tell him. We tell him what we believe. But before that, we we just make it a conversation, basically. Yeah. I think that's really important later on, like, to have those conversations where it allows them to have independent thought. Yeah. And also thoughts and, like, decisions on, like, we don't make our kids say, like, thank you. Tell them thank you. Yes. Now, there are some instances I'll be like, hey, you probably need to tell them thank you. Mm -hmm. Like, that was really nice of them to do that. Kind of, like, explaining Mm -hmm. why. Because it's our job. You were – I think you sent me something That's what I was going to say. We just – that TikTok the other day was so good the way that they explained that, like Mm – they show their kids right. gratitude, yes. like how gratitude is expressed. And by showing your kids that, you're teaching them that instead of just telling them, like, you need to say thank you. Yeah. You need to give them a hug. Right. You let them hug you. Because they don't, don't understand why they're doing those actions. Yeah. Because honestly, they could show gratitude mm-hmm. in a different way than we've assigned gratitude to mm-hmm. be like, thank you. They might be doing that in a different way. And yeah. They just don't know, like, oh, thank you is something you say whenever you're thankful for something. Yeah. Yeah. That they were saying, like, it's just like society norms to mm-hmm. when you're raising, like, the, you know, well mannered yes. kids, they, they say thank you. They give hugs when someone is asking for a hug. And that is something I definitely don't do. Right. If, if someone's like, give me a hug, or my kids just look uncomfortable, I'm like, you don't have to hug them. Yeah. And our, my kids, ooh, they're always like, like, I'll be touching, like, for example, I touched Sophia's hair, and I was trying to play with it, and she's like, it's my body. Don't touch it. Yeah. And it's just like, you want to be like, well, I birthed that, that it's, body. Yeah, yeah. It's here because it came from me. Right. But it's like, you can't do that. When you're you teaching your them, yeah. yeah, when you're teaching them to be independent, it, it also comes back at you, and that's something mm-hmm. that me and her, like, me and Ariel are always like, oh, these independent kids. Yeah, <laughs> and we were actually just talking about that right before we started recording, because we were talking about the poster that was up at the doctor's office, and I, I thought, oh, that's going to be hard whenever my kids mm-hmm. are old enough to be in a doctor's office by themselves, not because I have control issues and I want to, like, control what they're saying yeah. or, like, what's being told, but because... I mean, the when, when the kids mode. get home from school, I want to know everything that was said. Mm-hmm. Like, what did the teacher say to you? Like, what did the kids <laughs> say to you? Like, what was your experience? Like, like I want to be a fly on the wall and mm-hmm. just know everything that's happened to them. So for them to be at the doctor's office and, like, have a conversation and then I just get, like, a summary at the end, that's going to be really yeah. hard. And I think it is hard because, like, as moms, we're nurturers and we, we want to be caretakers. But something that actually my ex's family has taught me is that they always said, like, God gave us these kids to raise them, mm-hmm. not to, like, hold them to ourselves and trap them and keep them mm-hmm. here. Like, he gave He gave them to us to raise them, teach them to be good humans, and mm-hmm. then send them off to the world. Yeah. And I know that's something that, like, if my mom's listening, my mom struggled with and still struggles with. Like, she's like, these are my kids, and, like, she doesn't – she wants us to stay in her nest, mm-hmm. and she wanted us to stay there. And yeah. Half of us left, half of us didn't. Yeah. And so, like, that just is such a perfect example. And I always, like, cling to because I'm like, okay, like, these aren't my these aren't my kids to, like, hold hostage and keep. Yeah. Like, these are God's children. Like, he wants them to go out and do these things, like, for him and what mm-hmm. he's called them to do. And I think that's something we have to teach them. And we, we do it. And, like, obviously, they're not four years old. And we're like, there you go. Yeah. You know, it's like we are slowly sprinkling these things. So then as they're getting older, it's like this is just a natural thing that they are like, oh, I'm independent. Like, I don't need someone to do this. I don't need to be in a relationship to take care of this. I think that it's not always comfortable to do those things. And so it's testing out 
what's comfortable and what's not and then evaluating like is this uncomfortable because I want more control or like I want to still be involved or is it uncomfortable because they're not ready mm -hmm. like just have conversations with your kids like how did that feel when we went to the doctor and they didn't ask me any questions they only asked you mm -hmm. I think parenting's hard and I mean life is hard I mean yeah. you gotta think like normally any right decision is always harder than the yeah. than the wrong decision so the conversations you're having with your kids or the way that you're raising them to be independent feels really easy then you might not be challenging yourself enough thanks for hanging out with us on the call us Mommy podcast if you want to spend more time with us make sure to hit follow and if you like the episode share with a friend and leave a review